Side Hustle Show 126, six figures in pre-sales in six months with no list. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. A little bit of all of the above today. This is episode 126, six figures in pre-sales in six months without even having a list. How about that for results? Now, what I mean by pre-sales in this case is selling something and collecting money for it before it even exists. And that's, that's the ultimate product validation, right? You've got almost no risk because there's you didn't have to build you didn't have to build the thing yet. Now of course you've still got to deliver and we'll get into that as well, but a very, very eye-opening episode uh, for me. So I was introduced to my guest by Andy Drish over at the foundation. He's saying he said, Nick, you gotta talk to this guy. Side Hustle Nation is gonna love him. He broke all our sales records at the foundation and even broke some of our rules along the way. Now you remember we talked to uh, Dane uh, a few months or maybe a, a month ago um, where he came on to talk with my public coaching volunteer, Wellington, about hey, what, what, what's it really going to take to build a, build a SaaS business. Um, but for all those reasons, I'm excited to welcome John Logar from businessunleashed.com to the show. He's a professional consultant, entrepreneur, and perhaps most importantly, one of the most natural-born salesmen you'll, you'll ever hear. Now, John talks pretty quick, so I compiled uh, all my notes and highlights and questions and scripts that he offers up into a free PDF download uh, that you can grab at sidehustlenation.com slash 126 or through the link in the episode uh, description of your podcast player app. Ready? Let's do it. So we're talking about uh, building software businesses or building software applications and specifically pre-selling them. So one question that I had right out of the gate is how are you selecting the, the businesses or the industries that you're targeting for these, uh, for these different pre-sale efforts? I guess to give you some context or some, some understanding, I'm a big believer in always going to a market that spends money. I don't like going to markets that don't have money to spend. So for me, um, businesses have to be of a certain size. Uh, a niche market has to be competitive because if you've got com- competitive businesses, there are pressures um, in that market. So businesses have got to be turning over at least $2 million plus, have between 10, 50 employees plus. They've got to be spending money on marketing in a lot of ways because companies that spend money on marketing are investing in growth. Okay. Um, they've got to have physical assets. So so it means that there's pressures in terms of investment. So physical assets like offices, buildings, equipment, showrooms, that sort of stuff, right? Okay. Um, so, so those criteria, if I can, if I can formulate a target market that fits that that criteria, uh, it's very easy to build a list of targeted uh, industries to to go after. I also look for growth industries as well. So industries that are on the incline, those industries will tend to face pressure. If a business is facing pressure. It needs to systemize. Automation is the name of the game, and I believe, from you know, with all my research and understanding over the over the last few years, everything is about automation. Automation, and it is really about speed of distribution and connection with the market. So, for me, those selection criteria: two million plus, three million plus, you know, employees, assets, investing in 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 growth, 
right, are all big indicators of who I would target. And that could be any niche market. My first niche that I attempted software with, uh, and I, by the way, I've never built a website in my entire life. I've never programmed anything. I've, you know, I'm not a graphic designer. So the, the skill sets to develop software, like user interface and all that sort of stuff, no idea. Okay, there are people out there who are far better than I am. What I'm great at is finding those people and saying, hey, I need something that does this. Can you help me out? And what, what's the investment or what is it going to cost me to do that? And how can I put that in the market and actually make a profit on it? So for me, in finding an ideal market, uh, my initial attempt at this was to go after a high value uh, market. So I went actually into the solar industry was the first, first uh, niche okay. and also in uh, environmental, so uh, environmental engineering. So I was doing green build construction at a commercial level, which is a fairly small market on a global level. I mean, I'm based in Australia, but I was talking to companies in Europe and the United States, and and a lot of these companies are kind of at the innovation, at the growth phase. Everybody's talking about you know climate change, and we need to be you know looking at sustainable energy solutions mm-hmm. in buildings. So there's a lot of new technology, and when there's new things happening uh, in an industry, there tends to be a lot of pressure. That was my hallucination at the time we can call it a hallucination so <laughs> let's john let's let's slow it down i wanted to ask yeah. if there was any tools that you liked on just the selection criteria side like are you looking on linkedin are you looking on manta how are you how are you finding these businesses um i was looking at industry reports so i was looking you know top 100 players in engineering top 100 players in i was going to industry associations and looking for award-winning companies okay uh, in their industry so to me it was very easy to find them you know, go to an association website, pick a niche. Uh, every every major business niche in the world is attached to a governing body or an association that arbitrates or gives credentials uh, to those members that are part of that association. So there's a fantastic association in the United States called the Association of Association Executives. There's an association <laughs> for associations, yeah? Um, it has 10,000 members worldwide. Wow. Uh, it's big. That's that's 10,000 niches. So there's no shortage of niches to go after. Yeah, not at all. Um, and, uh, and in those niches, there are there will be several players that actually fit that selection criteria that I've shared with you. So finding them not so hard, um, you know, yes, you can go to Manta and do all that sort of stuff. One of my favorite lists, and I'm I'm happy to share some insight here, but there's two lists. There's the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies list, and this is Inc. magazine, and then there's the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing European companies list. Uh, The beauty of that particular um, uh, list, which comes out every year, is that it gives you the growth percentages of the industries that, and niches that are growing fast. So this year, um, you know, security, insurance, communication, uh, those sorts of niches were the fastest growing niches. In Europe, it was all about construction, uh, energy, um, health, all those sorts of niches were, were growing very fast. So within within those categories, there are obviously sub niches. So health is a mass health industry is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the health industry, there's probably about 500 sub niches within the health industry, right? So you know, throw a dart, <laughs> take your pick, you know, and start because at every level there is a commercial entity that is attached to each of those niches. Oh, that's gold. That's gold. Looking at the Inc. 5000 and these in- industry associations, what's your what's your initial um outreach like is this emails this phone call what is it what does that look like i, I like to uh my philosophy is a, a good game is a fast game or a fast game is a good game so i like to do things very quickly um i hate cold calling uh um, i don't know about anybody else that's had to go through that process of trying to engage people but what i found was for me 
I needed to create an excuse to have a connection. So I would find out who a CEO of the company was and then I would quickly craft an email saying, hey, just want to, you know, just basically want to know your opinion on industry trends, what's happening, where the important issues are in the industry. You're a recognized leader within your market. You've won awards or whatever the case may have been. I'd just love to take five minutes of your time to ask a one question, right? And that one question would be, you know, in terms of your opinion, what are the what are the most important key areas of growth in your industry? Basically, is what I was going after, and that would open the door up to other other questions. So, I would send that email, and then I would literally pick up the phone straight away as soon as the I've hit the sent button, and just dial in and say, hey, I just need to speak to Bob. I just want to make sure he got the email that I uh, shot through. You know, he knows about it, okay. and then I'll generally seventy percent of the time I get in, um, and then my opening line to Bob is, hey, Bob, you don't know me from a bar of soap. Um, but I just wanted to make sure you got the email I just sent you. And he went, no, <laughs> half the time the email never gets there. Right. And so my next lead into that would be, look, if you uh, give me 60 seconds, I can certainly let you know what this is about. And at the end of that 60 seconds, you can decide whether or not we can continue the conversation. Is that fair? And Bob will say, yeah, sure. It's a reasonable request. <laughs> so now I just let him know what I wrote in the email, which is I need to ask you a question. So then it starts a conversation. So it's pretty simple stuff. So I would do that. I would do that. Now, my conversion ratio to get through to Bob, and we'll call him Bob, uh, and getting through the gate- gatekeeper is is uh, is a fun game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be a whole episode in, in- <laughs> of itself but for me with the gatekeepers i if i'm trying to contact somebody specifically i kind of act like i already know them and i give the gatekeeper as little information as possible and i'm very very specific so i'm very direct so there's a level of confidence in my voice when i take the approach now 70 percent of the time i'll get the ceo on the phone wow you know, um, and uh, the thirty percent that I don't wear, and in, you know, the, uh, the gatekeepers in the United States, apparently the gatekeepers. Her name's Becky. <laughs> oh, right? It's Becky, always Becky here. Becky is always the one in Australia. It's Karen. In in the UK, it's it's Charmaine, right? Oh, okay. But uh, but in 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 Australia, Becky. You know, good old, good old Becky. Some Beckys are very, very thorough. They're great gatekeepers. They do a great job to protect their uh, their their CEOs. Um, but generally, you can get through to them. They're pretty. They're, they're soft touches. Okay. Hey, entrepreneurs. We know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences. With Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, 
I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, so how's that first conversation go? You, you 70% of the time, you're getting through to Bob and you say, hey, I just have this question for you. Yeah. What, you know, I, I'm just talking to people just like yourself. So I created an affili- affiliation to the fact that I'm talking to other people of significance in his industry. I might even mention, and I wouldn't have spoken to them yet, but that I'm reaching out to certain people that this person may know or reaching out to certain companies that this person would, would understand, would know who they were. So I'm trying to create a, a slight affiliation or affiliation to, to build a level of uh, acknowledgement of credibility, right? Yeah. In my call, so I will say uh, now I'm not misleading the person because I'm speaking to his peers as well, or I'm connecting with his peers. Mm-hmm. If I've connected with his peers, I'll say, look, I just spoke to Peter Johnson over at ABC Company, and and he was very gracious with his time, and you know, and you know, I know that you're you know you're in the same market, and you're also one of the leading people. I just want to touch base and ask you this question. So my question will go around. Look, you know, um, the reason I'm asking these questions is I want to look at the significant areas that are important, and I'm looking to feed back the information and look perhaps solutions that. May May offer some opportunities down the track, but um, but that's not what this call is about. This call is about you um, and your opinions and what you think, uh, and then just walk through some questioning. You know, what do you like about this business? What don't you like about this business? You know, how long you've been this game? You know, number one thing, most important thing to you moving forward as an industry. Where do you think your opportunities are? And they'll start highlighting highlighting those things. You know, what are the what are the factors that are what are the factors that are holding you back, or where are the friction points? Um, that are holding you back from realizing those opportunities. And that's where the, the conversation starts to really open up. So so by getting into just being very fairly general, and when you ask people for their opinion, let me tell you, they're very forthcoming and I'm more than happy to give it to you. Um, and the key part of this thing is I'm not going in there to say I'm going to build some software, right? Um, in fact, that word doesn't even enter my vocabulary in any of these conversations. For me, it's to be as present as I can be to direct the conversation through questioning, so to control that conversation through questioning, and to just listen, because you never know what can happen um, out, of, out of a phone call when, you're, um, when, you, when you give people that space. Uh, it, it is amazing how much gold they will give you. So the purpose of my call is to, take, is to come in with that concept of a level of understanding, and at the end of that, to be able to feed that back so that I'm on the right path, uh, and also to perhaps uh, identify uh, the area that is red flagging for them uh, and then saying, okay, well, tell me a little bit about that and then walk through the process of asking questions. So there's one company, the solar company in Australia. Yeah. Was that the one with the, with the half a million dollar logistics problem? No, they were, they were a company that had a, uh, a quarter of a million dollar a year uh, problem. Okay. Um, and this just came up out of like, hey, what's, you know, what's, <laughs> what, what do you see as your biggest challenge right now? Or what, what's, what bothers you about your business or something? It was really weird uh, because what happened in that phone call uh, with the solar company is he, was, he had just got off a call to get a price for a, a, a presentation folder uh, that he was developing for a, a particular niche, and he didn't realize how expensive 
the folder what like it was quite a costly uh, expense because of production and printing uh, he was looking at spending like fifty thousand odd dollars just on a brochure basically which is a significant amount of money however I said, oh, so who's, you know, I was just saying, well, who's the brochure for? He said, oh, it's for the for realty industry. I said, oh, okay, so why are you targeting realtors? And so, well, uh, you know, we come in and we're developing, you know, energy saving systems and one of the areas is uh, hot water hot water systems. And so we want to nurture a relationship. They'll refer vendors or clients to us and then we obviously generate those clients. And so we've seen success, but we're looking at building a strong relationship. And I said, so how much does it cost you to manage that relationship with real estate agents? He said, well, I don't know. I haven't really worked it out. I said, "Well, we know that there's fifty thousand dollars in brochures right now, and that that was a, a that was a figure that hurt. Mm-hmm. Like you realize that that was going to cost you, but there's fifty grand in brochures. But how, what happens with a brochure? You know, well, our guys. So how many guys? There's two guys. Okay, so two guys are going to go out there and what they visit these people physically. So yeah, I said, well, how many agents are there? So well, there's 160 agents that we've actually targeted that we are starting that relationship process with. I said, so how long does it take to visit 160 agents? Because I would imagine that's not you know it's not like they're next door mm-hmm. some of these people are all over the city right uh and so you know we're talking travel time so we're talking vehicle expenses but we're also talking the time of the the salesperson to go out there and have those conversations uh that takes in a cost and then there is the cost of of managing those relationships because they had uh, one of the problems was is the pricing for their solutions would change so dramatically in the course of a month you might have two or three different price changes so if you quoted a figure one week two weeks later that that figure would be uh, redundant and incorrect so you would have to get another price so this created another friction point where the person would have to call up and and get a, another price uh, um, for the actual solution okay. so this was a really big problem because it was there was no way around this whole dynamic of of um, managing the sales relationship with uh, these uh, realtors. So you're just following this guy down the rabbit hole at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much does it cost? What? And we worked it out. So we worked it out. You know, two people full time. You know, 50, 50 bucks an hour, including you know four hundred one k. Or we have superannuation in, in Australia. Um, you know, health and medical. Uh, there's taxes. Uh, then you've got two vehicles that you're servicing on the road. They cost you you know a thousand bucks a month. Uh, so there's twenty four grand a year. The time alone, the, the actual time cost was $4,000 a month. And then, so you had $50,000 on the brochures. So you're already at, what's that? We've got 12, so it's four forty eight hundred thousand plus the brochures, 150000 plus the vehicles, 170000 plus uh, the fact that you had to go and, like, there were other things that were mitigating costs. So it worked out to about 250000 in costs. Wow. And I said, imagine if there was a place where all these people could go to and actually access your information in real time um, where you didn't need to go and physically visit all these people, but you gave them a portal that they had physical access and it was dedicated to them specifically, you know, would that be useful? And he went, Wow. That's exactly what I want. He actually articulated the point to me. He said, you know, what would be really cool? Because I asked him, well, you know, knowing that you're spending a quarter of a million dollars on this, what would be a better, what do you think would be better? He said, it'd be really cool if we could just send them somewhere where we could actually update that pricing and it's up to the minute. So whenever they accessed it, it was the, always the right price, right? So that so they didn't have to think about it. And we could give them a system where they could um, put their data or the information that we require to be able to facilitate, make that easy for them. And, uh, and it'd be really cool if we had a way that we could regularly update them or communicate any changes physically uh, to them as well. Now, for those of you who are listening, what I've just described to you is a website with a, <laughs> with a back end 
that you can update information on and you can add a autoresponder sequence to to support that whole facilitation uh, to mitigate $250,000 worth of expenses. Yeah, I can build you that for a lot less than 250k. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we built a portal for uh, we built a portal for 35,000, but the cost of that portal was about $1,600 because there was a little bit of programming in there as well. There was a little, a little bit of support that was attached to that. So the profit was high. But I said, you know, right now you're spending a quarter of a million. In, a, in four years' time or five years' time, that quarter of a million dollars is going to turn into a million dollars, $1.2 million in, in costs. Yeah. Is it worth investing 30 grand up front to get this nipped in the butt, which is 20 grand less than your brochures that you're about to print to get that done? Now, you're not the, you're known, you're not the technical guy, so how did, you, how did you go and get this done? Okay, so <laughs> this is what happened in my scenario. I actually I said, listen, I just want to figure something out because we might be able to significantly save some money here. I, I, was, I knew what the solution was once he said what he said, mm-hmm. right? Because anybody with half a brain in our world would see that would be the solution. <laughs> but it's right? important to let him, yeah. him – then it's his idea, right? Exactly, exactly. It was his idea. So, so I basically said, look, um, if you give me 20 minutes, I'll just hop into your boardroom. I just want to make a quick phone call to somebody. And the, it wasn't a phone call. It was an email. I wanted to just have a quick phone call uh, to somebody. I just want to verify something. I can actually work, give you a rough idea of what it would cost you to get this fixed up, right? So all I did was hopped on – an email, sent an email to, I actually sent out, opt on Odesk, created a job description outlining what needed to happen. So just roughly this is what it's going to be. Um, and just, uh, you know, I basically said I've got a project price, you know, it'll be, give me an idea. So give me a range for a project price of something like this, okay. right? I Within 10 minutes, I had 16 replies, <laughs> right? Well, it's Odesk, so there's always people trolling, uh-huh. yeah? My criteria for selection was people who had done over a thousand hours worth of work, who had specific uh, uh, knowledge and you know understanding of programming, and uh, so I was very selective in my criteria. But I literally had sixteen people quote me on the job within you know ten minutes, and so what I did was all I did was double the quote. So whatever I was quoted, I just looked for it, scanned through very quickly. Whatever I was quoted, I just doubled the uh, price to what I would think the real price would be. Okay, just to be safe. To facilitate, just to be safe. Um, and then I and, and then I just sat down. I thought, you know, what's a what's a what's a couple of deals worth to this guy uh, in profit? What, what was the quoted price? Out of curiosity. Oh, the quoted price was uh, I was getting between eight hundred dollars to sixteen hundred dollars. Okay, but he t- he already told you it was a quarter million dollar annual problem. I knew it was a court. Well, he told me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We sat there and worked it out together. At the end of that, he, you know, he was pretty much upset about it. He was deflated because mm-hmm. he, all I did was just, you know, I mean, there's an open wound. What, <laughs> you gonna, what are you going to do? You might it's as well just scratch it. Bleeding yeah. neck problem. Yeah, yeah. Just keep scratching it away. You know, stick your finger in there. <laughs> um, so in that process, uh, in that ten minutes, I roughly had an idea of how much it was going to cost uh, for me to facilitate. And one of my criteria was the fact that we could deliver the solution you know, within at least four weeks. Okay. Right. So I just wanted to know that we could get this done in a month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was shelling out in that month, he was going to be shelling out twenty five thousand dollars, right? So uh, in costs. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, I got the feedback, and then uh, not more than twenty minutes after that, I'd made a phone call to a. A person just to verify a couple of coding issues around uh, internal spreadsheeting with number changes and stuff like that, and uh, because I just wanted to know. Um, but all up, the project was twenty four hundred dollars. Okay. So I quoted I quoted thirty thousand. I said fifteen up front and then fifteen on delivery. Okay. Wow. 
That's a nice. That's a nice margin. Yeah, that wasn't bad for an hour's work. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Facilitation in that, and there was project management involved. And but I, I now here's the funny part of this story, Nick. Just to sort of cap this off at how ridiculously simple this was, um, and to your audience listening to this, th- these were the third-party tools that we used to develop this this uh, product, right? Uh, essentially, we developed a niche portal for the real estate industry specifically. The, the, we used a program that a lot of people may or may not be familiar with called Optimize Press, okay. right, as the front end. So that was the. Then we used another product, which is a free product plugin called S2 Member to manage the process. We branded it for the realty industry in that city that, that this company was in. Um, so it was exclusive to them. We then designed uh, the back end, which was providing them the method to be able to utilize uh, the system. So it was an easy process. Essentially, it was just a series of forms that I had to fill out. So it made it easy. We did a step one, step two, step three, press the buttons. So we made that. The interface was very basic, very easy to, to follow. It gave people exactly what they were looking for. We put pricing structures in there that were changeable. That was just a, a, a basically, it was an Excel spreadsheet. We, we used Microsoft LifeScribe for the PowerPoint presentation that we embedded into the back end okay. where they signed up. Uh, and all we did was brand, brand the portal. The only marketing for this is we actually created a business card that gave them a private membership to this. When they opened the back end, we had uh, it was a responsive theme. So we had a little download this button on your iPhone or your Android where you can bookmark and access it from your screen. So all we do is open up the system, they could log in and access all the information from any portable device. And MailChimp uh, was the autoresponder service uh, that was connected to it. So it was pretty cheap to build. Uh, And the only real cost was in the programming for the price-changing software. And then I created a three-minute video on how they actually could could change the price. That was it. So that was the components. Optimized Press, S2 member, MailChimp, and then somebody came in and put some Excel stuff in there so that I could embed it in the back end. They could change, and that was basically how they managed the process. And everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. So that took uh, less than six days to build. Oh, so but you promised him a month. So we... Yeah, yeah, I promised a month. Now, here's the silly thing, and this is just me. I'm thinking, man, I quoted this guy, you know, let's get a tea at the end of the month. And I, I've got the thing sitting here now ready to go, <laughs> right? And, like, if I go back to him tomorrow and say, hey, it's done, you know, he'd be sitting there going, "Man, I paid thirty grand. He had this done in six days." Yeah, right? starts to raise a little, um, raise a little eyebrows. Yeah. Well, this is just me. That was just my, you know, uh, thing that was going on in my head. So what I did was I held on to it for another six days, and then said, "Hey, got the beta version ready okay. Uh, okay. to go, but we can actually start using this now." So it was kind of a um, under promise over deliver scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing that that system that we put together made within the first two weeks of him actually utilizing the system it made 30 grand for him in two weeks wow that's awesome oh so pay for it pay for itself in two weeks well today uh, that particular system is averaging about 100 grand a month wow that's great so from that solution so yeah now do you think with that with that in mind do you think you undersold it as as doing as a one-time thing versus kind of the recurring SaaS model if you look at it now at face value yes i did undersell it but it's not what i was thinking was for me it was like I don't know. I was, uh, for me, it's like here's the costs. Uh, you know, what do I want to make on this as a profit? Mm-hmm. The second piece of software, I put it back in and support, so people actually paid uh, for support. 
So the solution that I solved there was a $450,000 problem. And then in there, I, because there was a hosting and database and then there was security uh, protection and all those sorts of stuff uh, that was involved and plus there was an element of training, the price point was higher but the back end was, you know, $1,000 a month in support, which was basically attached to a, a help desk that was attached to a developer that would do, you know, on-the-spot quick changes. So it was only costing me $15 to, uh, well, it was $50 for the developer and I was paying $50 for the, the security and hosting. So my cost was 100 but my profit was $900. And that software now has been instigated now for 18 months and in that 18 months there's only ever been two support tickets. Wow. Yeah. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And you've, and you've done this half a dozen different times in different, different <laughs> industries, different markets. Like, yes. This is just fascinating, just fascinating stuff. <laughs> Do- well, but, but, but I did follow the process of, I mean, I, I, I joined the foundation to understand development of software. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. I, don't, I didn't know anything about software. I didn't realize in my stupid, well, I should say my, my ignorance, ignorance is bliss, <laughs> but in my, in my ignorance, in my day job, you know, in terms of, facilitating solutions from an agency point of view in my in my consulting world all i was doing was outsourcing solutions i was basically playing the middleman finding a contractor to facilitate the work for the client this was no different all i was doing was develop was finding a developer or a software a person who had skill a skill set to deliver the project right bro- just brokering deals it was brokering a deal basically so in this mindset out of the out of the seven products that i built two of them were sassable um, products. One of them I did SaaS and sell, and now I'm onto a third SaaS 
project as we're speaking right now, I'm in the middle of a pre-sell and a third SaaS project that I think is going to be fairly significant, but, uh, or I have a feeling it is anyway, it's looking fairly promising right now. But, uh, my, my take was find the problem, um, articulate it as, as elegantly as possible. So this, the idea is to cap to, to create the magic bullet scenario. You know, people will buy the magic bullet if it solves a problem in an elegant, simple fashion and it addresses the issues t- to gain the benefit, whether it's saving money or making money, whatever, whatever the issue is, or saving time, um, which is a big issue as well, then people will buy it, you know? And the other thing is, is every idea I come up with tends to fail. Uh, one thing, the beautiful thing, and in taking the concept of uh, the stuff that I, I garnered from uh, learning with the foundation was let the market come up with the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Let them like in this case, he told you he told you the problem, and then you're you kind of you kind yeah. of know where you're where you want to steer him because you already kind of know in your mind. But let it come out of his mouth. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I don't. The last thing I want to do, I actually, I mean, I say this a little bit tongue in cheek. I want to be a little bit of a dummy. I want to be naive in this process because I want to allow that person to have their have the if you give people that space for them to because they they're so intimate with what's going on they know in half the, half the cases what the solution or what a potential solution should look like mm-hmm. you know they've already got the kind of because they're dealing with that problem or those issues all day long and so they're sitting and saying but this is just the way we handle it now but it'd be really cool if we found a better way of doing this and they find themselves in moments where they've asked those sorts of questions they've had meetings with people talking about the very thing you know in terms of well how do we solve this what can we do but because they get caught up in the day to day they never take care of it so in the long run what happens is they continue to work you know a, a poor structure or incurring costs because that's just the way that we do it but historically this is the way that it's been but as they grow when that pressure mounts then the problem becomes greater and the greater the problem becomes the more attention is paid on it then it's like well what you know how can we fix this yeah you know yeah so that's essentially what happens any rule of thumb on on pricing these different solutions for me, it's on value. So, so worst case scenario would be one in ten. So, if something is going to save you, you know, half a million dollars, then you can probably sell it for fifty grand a year. Okay. Four, four grand a month for a half a million dollar saving. Yeah. You know, uh, it's worth it. Fifty grand. Yeah, so, totally. the rule of ten is is a common rule. Okay. You know, I've often said, I've often asked the question, "What would you pay for that?" and uh, you know, they give me this figure, which generally is fifty percent more than what I would have charged. Okay. You know, and then I'll say, "Well, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm happy to let you have it for that." Yeah, that's, <laughs> we got a deal. Press R, there's yeah, more copies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you hold. You know, I'll hold the paper. You hold the pen. John, thanks so much for for joining me. I think this is a really fascinating one for all of of Side Hustle Nation. What can come out of these uh, these different con- conversations? And you just you never know. Let somebody articulate their their problem and go about building a building a solution for them so let's wrap things up with your number one tip for side hustle nation listen listen very very carefully be very you know if you're out there trying to build or create something spend time in that market Uh, if you're going to open conversations with people to to really understand your customer make sure you keep in touch make sure you engage them more than once Um, this is a mistake that a lot of people make in developing uh, you know for the developing software they don't speak to their customers often enough. Every program that I've built has always come from the uh, the communication and the adjustments and the understanding from a customer's perspective. So know your customer well, 
and at the same time, always validate. You know, don't go building ideas, dreaming that there may be one day a customer that will pay. Validate as quickly as possible. If you have a buying customer, you know, you and they're willing to pay and give you money in your bank account before you develop an idea, you know you're onto something. I love it. Everyone, it's businessunleashed.com. John, thanks so much. And we'll catch up with you this weekend. Nick, thank you. It's great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, looking for a drink, looking forward to a drink at the bar. Sounds good, man. See you soon. <laughs> no, that little exchange at the end was in reference to me finding out that John was going to be at the podcast movement conference from last weekend, where we did indeed have a chance to hang out and chat for a little bit. So that was really cool. Um, anyways, you can check more um, more about John, learn more about John and his podcast at businessunleashed.com. Obviously, a very, very smart dude, very accomplished uh, salesman, very accomplished um, you know, in the software business, having not done any of it, you know, in his in his prior life. So uh, definitely somebody worth paying attention to. And in the meantime, I wanted to let you guys know about a cool new podcast player app called Jabbercast that specializes in kind of enhanced content around your favorite shows, uh, tweets, images, links, etc. So you can access um, you know, the Side Hustle Show and and all the other podcasts that you're listening to through Jabbercast. And I'm really uh, flattered to have been selected as one of their launch partners in, you know, when for their app, which, um, which also means you're among the first to hear about it. So if you head to shs.jabbercast.com uh, from your phone, you'll be able to download the app and have the Side Hustle Show um, already included into it. So let me know what you think. I do believe it's, it's a totally free app, but I do believe it's iOS only at this moment in time. Um, but let me know what you think. Um, you you should be able to tweet me up directly from the app. They've they've spent a lot of time and energy on creating a beautiful interface around the listening experience, which definitely destroys the stitcher app that i've been using lately that one is i'm, I'm not happy <laughs> with that one um so it looks really slick excited to see what kind of enhanced content they come up with uh down the road shs.jabbercast.com uh, hopefully this will be my new uh my new go-to podcast player app and especially if the side hustle show is you know the enhanced content so i'm not sure if they're going to have the full show notes or highlight reel pdf link in there just yet but we'll know we'll know more this time next week so stay tuned for that in the meantime you can grab the free extended show notes for this call with john at side hustle nation.com slash 126 126 and uh, and start finding some some go <laughs> some some fast growing industries to go solve some problems for. One thing before I before I wrap up that really stood out to me was the the very first thing that John said: find customers that have money, find customers in growing businesses, growing industries. Like I've had people reach out to me and and have done this you know myself the same way, like to try and you know do freelance work, right? Trying to solve a problem for bloggers. You know, and that market may be wide, but the pockets usually aren't very deep. So you're going to have to capture a much wider segment of the population to make it worthwhile. And and people have done it successfully, like CoSchedule has has done it very successfully. The Smart Podcast Player has done it very successfully. And, and a half a dozen other WordPress plugins have done well with it, but like in the example of John, right? He got to start in the software business building a custom solution for one customer. And I think there's some some very interesting wisdom 
in going that route. And then once you have that, then you can turn around and say, okay, who who else? Who what are the other, who are the other players in this industry who might also be able to benefit from this solution? So solving these big expensive problems and uh, again paid quite handsomely for them. I mean, like you said, not bad for an hour's work, not bad at all. Anyways, guys, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next episode of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.